0: What's up, everybody? Anthony Frieda here. Welcome back to Badum Biz. -Biz. All right. I'm jumping right into it. Solo episode, just me. So today I'm doing something a lot different. Uh, So I'm not sitting behind my drum kit. Today, today I'm sitting in front of. Uh, I have like a set of percussion instruments in front of me. Um, they're not like what. Actually, I do have a bass drum in front of me, like a little tiny bass drum. But to my right, to my right, I have a djembe, and then. On my left, sitting on my lap, I have what's called a doombek. Another word for it could be our darbuka. Uh, sounds like this. So, by the way, I just want to make something very clear. I am not an expert or professional doombek or darbuka player. Same with djembe. Not a professional or expert at it. I am... Just think of me as, I'm a percussionist, classically trained, but also has, you know, experience on the drum set. And uh, I just know how to make sounds with these instruments. I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm practicing traditional technique for it. So, I'm just making music, but I I am not an expert on these instruments. All right, now that that's out of the way. uh, Yeah, I wanted to talk, first I wanted to jump into something here, a little topic you know just talking with some friends specifically the crap band Cadridge and Paul yeah i saw them not too long ago in the new year and we were talking about um you know i mean look like you know we're we're nearly a year into this pandemic and uh we're not gigging you know we're not performing i think that they and their wedding band may have had like two performances but as, as a group, you know, like Cat Lund and her music, Rich Vale his music, like as a band, we have not performed since literally a year ago. And I think it was last January. And it's a real bummer. Um, so what we were talking about, though, was specifically was that the distance that we've had from performing like what that means is we've been away from that mindset of okay got to get the gear together cool pack the car you organize your life around your gigging life you know i mean it's 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 weird to say but to be to i mean to be forced to essentially let go of those systems that you live by and that mental state that you live in it if you take the time to observe it um you will find like you'll you'll figure out and see things that you didn't think you didn't think about before uh so it's a weird thing to say because partially this pandemic has given that space and allowed me at least and and then in our conversation us to to clarify things about what we do uh so for instance um I can't tell you how many times we're, you know, on a show and there are other, you know, singer songwriters on the show or bands. And those particular, some of the singer songwriters specifically have this like persona with them. And I say with them, it's almost like their costume, you know, Um, they're all dolled up. And they're selling like their EP, please buy my, you know. EP please please check out my music on Instagram. and I thought about the whole setup of that and that that dichotomy of crowd and performer, right and uh, and then I think about too like all right well usually you know well first how do we classify what what this is? It's so let's just say it's a local show. Lo- it's local music um so it could be at some you know could be at some bar it could be at some cafe it could be at, a, at an actual venue you know um and the people that are in the in the crowd and look i'm talking only about my experience and and specifically our shared experience um People in the crowd usually are there to support one of the artists. All right. Sometimes you do see a, like a, a number of crowd members who are just excited to see a live performance. You know, their local from their local musicians. But we thought about it, and the amount of the amount of times that we've witnessed those artists just. Essentially go up on stage, take up 35 to 40 minutes of the crowd's time to essentially say, hey, here's my music, listen to my songs, and please purchase my song. please support me. Now, that is a literal thing that happens. And that is is like the protocol, the system in place. That is the expectation that that artist, when they get booked at a venue or a yeah, venue or a show. That artist has an expectation that they're gonna be given time to go up on a stage, where the venue is paying a sound person to like at least put on a microphone, but definitely more than that. You know, plug in the guitar, cool EQ the the mix, the stage get the stage volume, you know, and the house um, volume. They're doing, they're doing this, and the expectation is the artist gets that 35 to 40 minutes or whatever it is. And then here's the, here's the biggest one. There's an expectation that the crowd is going to sit there or stand there and listen and pay attention during that 35 to 40 minutes, like without question. Now, is that asking a lot? I think in the past— I think my attitude was like, no, it's the least you could do. You know, like, come on crowd, like fucking, this is live music. I'm, I'm entertaining you, um, or I'm here to, to entertain you. Give me your attention, right? Or I'm here to perform for you. Maybe that's the word. Because the key word here was entertain. That's what I slipped out there. Entertainment. When you, when you think about what the fuck purpose does my goddamn uh, songs serve? My songs. Let's say I'm some singer-songwriter. I don't have a goddamn song written to my name. Don't, don't worry about that. So good luck trying to find it. There's nothing out there. But let's just say hypothetically I had a bunch of songs. I had an EP or whatever, two EPs, whatever. Let's say I had 10 songs to my name. And I go up on a stage with 40 minutes to fill up. And have this expectation that the crowd is going to sit, stand, whatever, and give me their full attention and listen to me. And then on top of that, want to buy my music or support me on social media. Well, the question is, though, did I entertain the crowd after that Before, Like, did I serve a purpose You know, like what purpose do my songs serve that general crowd? Truly, this is going to sound very harsh, but what fucking purpose does my songs, Anthony Frieda, music, whatever the fuck, songs, what purpose does it serve a crowd member? And are they there to listen to my expression and to hear my story through song? truly ask that. Realistically, is a crowd member there to hear my expression? Right? And give me their full attention. Or do we think simply, as simple as it could get, they just want to be entertained. And they might be there like, hmm, maybe this will be entertaining to see live music tonight. So... The question now becomes: Okay, what happens when? And this is a big this is a big um, criticism I have over venues, specifically how they book artists. There's this thing, and again, I'm talking from my own experience. So you know, hey, fucking email the show, email me and say, hey, you're full of shit. I don't care do it. I'd love to hear your perspective, but my perspective is that there are, there are a lot of venues who essentially treat the artists or the musicians, performers, as though they are supposed to, um, bring patrons for this, to this venue. Now, these venues, they're not, it's not just a place with a stage and a sound system and nothing else. There's usually a bar and most of the time, too, there's usually like food served right now you think about it, even if there wasn't um like live music happening, they have a sound system which means that they can play music um over the speakers during the day during their lunch hour dinner whatever it might be so they they have the they can create a mood and create a setting so there isn't my point of saying that is. There's an incentive to, to get people, patrons, to come in besides live music. And it's truly uh, like a vibe. That could be the reason. It's a good vibe. There's drinks. There's food. It's a good vibe, right? But but venue owners and, promo- and I guess, bookers, I guess, um, they decide to put a lot of pressure on the band to sell tickets and you know, they basically say you're not going to get paid unless you sell, and you're not going to play again here unless you sell this many tickets. Sometimes the number could be like 20, 30, you know, and like, realistically, you're asking people to, to, like, travel to see you play your music, and it could be your good friends. You can have 30 great friends, right? But most, like, let's be honest. You're, if you get 15 friends to come, that's a lot, that's a lot. And the question is, will they come again? And the only answer to that question is truly how entertaining your show is. And I think also the vibe of the venue. So with this in mind, if a an artist, performer, whatever, is guaranteeing the book, the booker. Oh, I can easily bring 40 people. And let's say, let's, let's grade them. Let's say 10. At a 10, they are Ed Sheeran. And at a one, they are uh, uh, as clear of an amateur as you can get, right? Like not good, not performance ready. I would say that if you're even a three, you're still not performance ready. I would say it's arguable at a four. It's, it's questionable if you're performance-ready. What, and what I deem as performance-ready is, can you perform songs, music, whatever it might be, and it be entertaining? And, and truly, like, good, valuable. So let's say that they get somebody who's, again, a three or a four... Maybe a five. Maybe a five. Um, they give them uh, the headliner spot, let's say. So that means they're the last band of the night. They bring 40 people. Well, what happens if while they're performing, it becomes very apparent, very clear that, wow, this performer is not entertaining. And these songs are just basic and not entertaining. So now what you've done is you've chosen, you know, you've chosen like basically numbers over quality. Like you, you've chosen, I, and by the way, I get it. It was, you know, sparkling in front of your face, the, oh, 40 people, let's do this. I get it. I get it. But if you look in the long run, those 40 people, Let's say they brought, you know, told friends about, it, their friends about it. And let's say also, too, let's say the the booker, let's say they promoted this show, and let's say they got another 30 people from locals, you know. Well, now 30 local um, local people went to go see a show that was highly promoted, and it wasn't entertaining. So that makes a very poor, that leaves a very poor taste in the mouth of that, of that local, uh, uh f- specifically about live music, local music. And then that hurts the venue in the long run because those 30 people, how many of them are going to return to see a show? So this is where I say I have a problem with, with venues and I, it's not, but it wasn't my idea for you to open up a, a venue and have a essentially have a bar slash Bar food restaurant type place uh, in in a major city, you know. It wasn't my idea. The musician, I just want to play. So why am why is it my job to get people to come to your place? Maybe instead of working, you know, may, maybe you should tailor your lineup of musicians. Like truly scout out the talent in wherever you're located and put together like curate and put together a lineup of musicians that truly are entertaining and worth people's attention because at this point, and I'm going back to this word entertainment at this point, And I look, I can go in, into back into history and probably about 20 years ago or a little bit more could say that this was, it was a change in the music industry. Um, As soon as music, uh, as soon as other forms of entertainment became more accessible, specifically when music became digital content, um, now music became, started to compete with video content. Movies. Um, You know, now you fast forward, now everything is streaming. So there's YouTube, there's... Fucking TikTok, there's Netflix, Hulu, Apple, fucking Disney. I mean, you name it, right? There is more entertainment. There's more content than ever before. It's unbelievable. You, will, you could try for the rest of your life right now, if there's no more content added, you could try to absorb all the content you can't before you die. <laughs> you know, there's just that much of it and it ain't going to stop. So now a musician, right, is technically competing for the attention of the audience member. Because the audience member could just pull out their phone and be entertained through Instagram. You know what I mean? Twitter, whatever the fuck. So, I go back to my question. What is my purpose, Anthony Frieda's songs, what is what purpose does my music serve and my expression my artistic expression how much is that important now it's important to me sure but it cannot be the number one thing that i'm highlighting to to uh an audience member and this brings me to my big point um there's a lot of musicians that have put out, a lot of bands, a lot of artists that have put out content like mu- and music. Like come out with new music during this pan- pandemic, which I applaud them. I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's inspiring. The sad part, though, is that while it is such an accomplishment, I imagine from their perspective, too, to replay the whole effort process of recording and writing and all that stuff. To to them, in their mind, you see a lot of, a lot. They would they would feel a lot of effort, and uh, and uh, maybe a little bit of struggle. A lot of work went into that. But me, as the even me as somebody experienced, and who has knowledge about music, what it takes to make it, I still am. I can't. I can't know. I can't like, experience what they exp- experienced. I only see this. Oh, there's a new album. And I could like these people too. I can know them personally. A lot of them I do know personally. And still be not be very inspired to go and purchase it or listen to it right away. What the fuck, right? What the fuck? I'm a musician. What does that mean now? Why is Why am I not jumping to listen to this? And I think the reason is because, well, number one, I'm human, right? And what that means is I have so many years and storage of what I think is good music, great music, or music that I love, right? And I'm still—it's still, you know, that's going to be ever so growing, right? But sometimes, like, listening to something new, taking on a new thing, it almost feel like I haven't digested yet. You know, like that, that one commercial where the big fat guy is just stuffing his face and then it just has, like, what, a cherry and then it explodes? Uh, is that a commercial? Or that might have been a scene in a, in a comedy or whatever. But whatever, I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, that's how I feel sometimes, musically. So going back to, you know, what purpose does the artist's music serve? Well, if I have the choice to listen to fucking uh, Abbey Road, or your album, what, what do you think I'm going to be more inspired to listen to? Like, honestly, I'll probably be more, exp- <laughs> I'll probably be more inspired to listen to, uh, one of the Beatles albums than your music. Like, what are you offering that's different than the Beatles and Nirvana? And I can keep going here, you know, like fucking Lauren Hill, you know, like what, what are you, what's unique about your music? or why wouldn't i just go and listen to john mayer you know or fucking led zeppelin what's stopping me from saying no nah, i'm not going to listen to led zeppelin i'm going to listen to your music and that is such a it is such a bummer to say that right because the only reason why i'm saying that because i actually think it's I think it's realistic to look at it that way. So what's the answer to this? Well, I don't know if putting out an album during this pandemic is the answer, to be honest with you. I think writing is a great thing. Writing and recording is actually a great thing. Like, I truly believe that during this pandemic, but releasing music during this pandemic, I don't, I don't know. This is my own opinion. And there's no criticism to anybody else. This is strictly talking about myself. I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a reason, a good reason to put out music right now, to release music. Because essentially you're trying to drive traffic, right? And I guarantee if you look at data. What, 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 what was the percentage of, of people in the world streaming content right before the lockdown in March or whenever, you know, like, like from, we'll say of all, all of, if you look at all of 2019 and all of 2020, I imagine that it's gotta be at least 30% more people was streaming or streaming content. So, I, I still feel like I am competing for the attention of the, of the listener, right? Or of the audience member. Like, I have to be entertaining. I have to compete with what's entertaining. So, this does not fucking mean I'm going to do some stupid-ass TikTok video that's just going to get people, dr- draw them in, and like be, be like fast food. You know what I mean? Not be very nutritional at all. Just to get a sugar rush from it, right or or get them craving it and doing it I'm not that to me is well that's not me I'm not doing so you you can be yourself right and uh, and be entertaining and here's what I think here's my opinion what's the one thing that going back to me, rich cat? Paul, what's the one thing we haven't done together? We haven't performed. Specifically in front of a crowd, right? And every time we would perform together, our approach would be, hey, this is Cat London music. Check out Cat London's music. Hey, this is Richard Veo's music. Check out his music. Hey, this is the Cat London band. This is is the, check out the band, Right? Check out Anthony Freedom Music and Paul O'Keefe. But did we ask ourselves, was that crowd entertained? Now, in our opinion, we would say, well, of course, we're going to entertain them. Like, of, of course, right? Because we are confident in our ability to be entertaining and put on a good show, right? But I don't know if, if all of our focus, all of our energy was was on that one thing, which is the live fucking performance. No, not fucking in front of people. No, the live performance. Um so this means that fuck your music. Like fuck your your art and your expression. Fuck that for a second. Like that doesn't matter. Say that tell yourself for us just hypothetically, tell yourself that doesn't fucking matter and people really don't care about your art, artistic expression and about your songs. Because they can go listen to John Mayer or Paul McCartney, you know, or Adele. They can go listen to greatness, Stevie Wonder, right? So you have their attention, though. And you have their attention. There is this unspoken agreement that you have their attention for 35 to 40 minutes when you're in on a show like that and i find that going back to that point before of when a booker chooses somebody who's not performance ready truly and their songs are not that entertaining uh, i feel like i feel like it's part of partly the booker's fault but also the, the the person performing and i think they're oblivious to it that you're abusing people's time because of this unspoken agreement at least with comedy, and this is where I, I, I envy comedians who are, who and I envy the comedians who actually have the skill to entertain a crowd. I envy them in the sense that they have no fucking choice but to be entertaining and they have to actively seek out the, the reactional behavior from those crowd members to just know that they're being entertaining. And that's, Duh, laughter, right? But do you know how many times you can perform in front of a crowd and, they, and you don't even get a smile from a crowd member? They don't move. They just sit there or they stand there and, and just watch you. Sometimes they don't say nothing to you, so you don't even know if they enjoyed it. Sometimes they come over to you and they say, oh, my God, we really, I really enjoyed that. And, and you want to say, like, oh, you had me fucking fooled. Um, but it's nice that they said something. So we don't always know. And there's this thing of, again, that unspoken agreement where, okay, you're going to play in front of me for 35 minutes and I'm going to sit here or stand here and watch you for 35 minutes, even though, and I'm being polite by watching you the whole time. That's abusing people's time. I'm not saying that everybody's time is that fucking precious and you're stealing something from them. I'm not saying that I'm saying in reality, those people, can easily choose to walk out uh, of that room, go into another room and get on their phone, get on Instagram or TikTok or whatever the fuck, or just go home and watch Netflix. They have that choice. So with that in mind, when you're in front of a crowd, you got to entertain. You got to, that's that's the number one focus. Be entertaining. So that could mean the music that you play uh and you perform with first of all you have to fucking you have to be entertained by your own performance as well like you have to bring it that night you have to bring an energy to that room that night that those people don't even know until you bring that energy why they came out that you have to be the reason why they came out you have to make them go oh my god i'm so glad so glad we came out tonight now what does that take look i don't have the answer for you but it takes it takes a dedication to to performance and i would say performance on your instrument singing whatever it might be you have to constantly challenge yourself you have to take on new challenges and you have to constantly with, I guess with recording technology, it's, it being so easy, you can record yourself easily and watch it back. I mean, that's what comedians do. They record their set, their 15 minutes or, or five minutes even, and they listen back and they listen to, to the way they delivered something. I mean, I feel like comedians are, are giving us the blueprint when you listen to them, but we don't know how to translate it into music, in, into being, playing music. And I think you can. And I think I think the fact that you can actually t- communicate directly to a crowd just by banter and talk and just talk to literally speak to them—that's the number one thing that will separate um, you going up uh, and playing in one city or one venue, and then next night going to another venue with a different crowd. Like you are at you are acknowledging that crowd that night. It's not this thing of, oh, this happens to be the uh, copy and pasted uh, crowd members tonight. Eh, they're not that different than last night. Let's just do what we did last night. No, 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 no. What a missed opportunity. We, I, that cannot happen anymore because here's the thing. As soon as lockdown restri- and all, this, all these restrictions, as soon as we get some, as soon as we get uh, things back, that we can't do right now. And by the way, again, I'm, I'm only talking from where I'm living right now, tri-state area, New Jersey, uh, New York, right? Like, that's actually all, really, NYC is a big one, right? As soon as there are, those restrictions are gone, and people could, crowds can gather. I mean, musicians have to, have to, have to, start realizing that the only currency that you have now This is the biggest point of this whole rant. The only currency that we as musicians and performers have is our is our is live music energy. That's all we have. That's the only thing that we only we have now. Comedians don't have that. So uh, Netflix does not have that and it cannot replicate it. So streaming video content does not have that cannot replicate it. So what does that tell you now? Does this highlight what the importance is now? Cause to me, when I realized this, holy shit, I mean the light bulb went off. And I started to see like this is where musicians are going wrong. All these years. So the, the one of the things that makes me like, ugh, makes me cringe to think is when somebody goes, We're gonna go see a, a show or uh, we're gonna go support live music. And that to me is just gross because it's not their fault. They're going to support live music because they actually value it, but it's probably, but that, that language, we're going to go support it. Like it's fucking like, like why aren't you excited to go see a show? Why usually you'll say, Oh, we're going to go see a show tonight. No, we're going to go support live music. It's this thing. It's like, it's dying. They, they, they that, that person saying, I'm going to go support live music. does not sound like they want to. <laughs> and you know, and i'm going to blame the again i'm going to blame the bookers of the venue and i'm going to blame this is a big one i'm going to say this if you if you pick up an instrument guitar or piano and you write songs and you've been doing it for a short amount of time and you know somebody that can get you recorded and produced put out some sort of you know recorded music content ep album whatever it might be i mean th- I, th- that's not enough is what i'm saying it at the very bare minimum if you are writing a song playing an instrument or just singing and somebody else is playing an instrument you're writing music and you're getting it recorded but you haven't you don't have a lot of experience as a musician and spe- specifically with performing. I'm gonna say this, you don't belong on stage. And it's because of the reason I told you before. It's the same reason why, it's the same reason why a comedy club is not gonna give an open micer who's been doing it for six months, a uh, 15 minute set in the, in the middle of a lineup or even at the beginning of a lineup. It it's it's about do you have the experience? Is it is it undeniable that you can entertain a crowd for the the given amount of time? And again, comedy clubs, I guess it's it's just way more transparent and clear that that person, wow, they shit the bed like nobody laughed at one single joke, it's okay? So we can't book them again. Can't book that person again. As opposed to that person had this crowd roaring Every like every second, every second that he had, you know, he or she had them, right? Had their attention. We're gonna book them again. It's that clear. So, why why do you think that you get to? You should be given the opportunity to perform in front of a crowd. Why are you performing? That's the biggest question too. Why are you fucking performing? Here's a big one. Are you performing because you truly? love music and love performing and just performing and playing is enough for you, right? Are you performing because you actually have a career aspiration in music or ask yourself this question? Are you performing because you want the glory and you want the attention that a performer gets? And if that's the reason you don't belong on stage, if that is the sole reason... And, and you're not that entertaining. You shouldn't be on stage. And you need to work. You need to get to work. And until you are entertaining to listen to, you don't belong on stage. This may seem harsh. And to anybody who's not a musician, this probably sounds really harsh. But there are people that have careers in other fields, and they happen to have this hobby in music. And they go up on stage, and they play their songs to a crowd, and they're not entertaining and they're abusing the crowd's time. And then the crowd now, it's not their fault. This is what they will attribute to uh this is what live music is. I don't really like live music, I guess. That's it's it could be that simple. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from people. Hey, I'm not really into live music. And then I'll I'll fucking like I'm like, wait, what? And I'll I'll just like you know, investigate and ask them questions and you'll usually Get to that, which is I just saw really bad performances, and that's a goddamn shame. Because if you're going to a music venue to see a show, you should be you should leave entertained. It's the same as going to a movie; you should leave entertained. Like that was a good experience. Wow. So, musicians, as soon as we're able to, like all of us, as soon as we're able to start performing again, get crowds are able to gather, you got to switch up. And this is my opinion. And you could tell me, who the fuck are you? I don't give it. Fine. I don't care. I actually don't care because I'm telling you what I'm going to do and the people that I perform with and play with. The goal is being entertaining. Undeniably entertaining. Right? And by the way, I don't know if I could just flip on that switch myself and just make that happen. What, am I going to manifest that by like visualizing it or something like that? No. I think that's going to take a lot of, Playing with the the musicians, whoever I'm going to be performing with, we got to really learn to to gel, really learn to uh, learn to to like play with each other and create an energy with each other that that a crowd that's entertaining to be to that's infectious. All we have is the is live performance energy. That is it. That's all we have. Nobody else in any other entertainment form has that. Nobody. Right? Musical theater. That's why people love musical theater. Do they have shit performances in musical theater? If musical theater uh just had acting, would it be good? Sure, but that's a play. It's musical theater because there's incredible music performances. Incredible. I don't like musical theater that much. I don't like musicals that much at all. Really don't. can't really listen to them. They annoy me. Right? However, I have no problem acknowledging that shit's awesome. And the amount of talent that that takes and energy that that takes, talent talent and energy and skill and dedication. Holy fuck, man. I couldn't do it specifically music theater, musical theater. So, I mean, that's why people go and pay hundreds of dollars for a ticket to go see on Broadway. So, the world right now, and specifically like East Coast, New York City, New Jersey, people have been, are bankrupted in terms of their live music experience. Like, they don't have access to it like they used to. So, They've forgotten what it feels like. Maybe. Well, when it comes time and there's no more restrictions, gotta remind them how valuable it is. Gotta remind them. It's gotta be undeniable, it's gotta be intoxicating. You know, when people say, oh my God, I went to this party, you know, maybe back in college or something like that, went to this party last weekend. Oh my God, it's so much fun, so much fun. And for years, you think about that party. Why can't a show be like that? Because I have memories of going to concerts and going to shows that I have that feeling for. Like, oh my God, that was an amazing night. I wish I could relive that night. Why can't we do it? So, uh, last sentence. here. Our last statement. And then I'm going to get into what I'm doing here. Your artist expression and your... Music, your songs are not that important, but your ability to entertain, specifically the the crowd's deserving experience to be entertained, right? That's way more important. And the challenge is, can you use your songs to be entertaining? I don't know how you do it but can you do can you do that or do you write new songs that have this focus on being entertaining that doesn't mean you have to sell out by the way it doesn't mean you have to make cheap pop music that's that's not what i'm talking about and if you don't know what i'm talking about email the show i'll send you links and videos of of artists that i have truly been incredibly entertained by um or you got to do some soul searching all right moving on so um i have this percussion set up in front of me i call it a percocet but i'm busy okay so this is um this is a setup that there's a type of performance that and it's a type of gig uh that i've been like blessed to have been able to like uh just get consistent work with over the years um and i think i i think um it was it's it was a fun gig always always a fun gig nice challenge for sure and i think i honed a lot of skills from it essentially what it is is percussion accompaniment for modern dance classes so like you know local dance schools who you know specifically hire and pay percussionists Number one is to uh, guide the the class uh, with pulse. So the teacher will count off. um, And you'll play in those counts to keep the rhythm, keep the time to help the teacher. Essentially, uh, if the teacher's vocalizing every count, you're not doing your job right. You kind of got to free their voice up. That way they can actually do other things and address other, you know, um, again, I'm not, I'm not a dance teacher, but I guess it could be, it could be literally like a form thing. Oh, you're, you know, you got to get your leg or your arm here, blah, blah, blah. And they can't do that if they're having to count the whole time. Also, you're there to create a vibe, create an energy in the room. You want that energy, Uh, elevated. So that these usually young dancers, or sometimes even college level dancers, um, can like when they they're trying to get better, but they're trying to perform something on a level. It's supposed it's supposed to be like performance quality. So the energy that you bring, uh, again, you're it's like you're trying to entertain them as well and inspire them too. So this whole thing has. This whole uh, accompaniment thing has been, like, extremely beneficial to my playing, without a doubt, because I get data. And I'll tell you how I get data. I remember the first couple classes that I did and I was in college, and I think all I had on me was a djembe and this doombek thing. Uh, All I had, and I think I had... If you can hear that, those are ankle jingles. Where I'm just stomping my foot, right? So at the beginning of a class, they'll do stretching and warm-ups. A lot of the times they're on the floor. just Just like, and it's very kind of calm energy. So you could start, literally start by playing... So that's an example. They might have been doing some stretching or warm up, and I would use this as data because I'd try to make that feel really good. Like I'd try to like truly set a tone or a setting or something like that. And I would stare at the dancers when they're in like an uh, on the ground position. I would stare at their hands if they were out and not doing anything. And hear me out here, but I would try to get them to start tapping their hands on the floor, and that's a sign that. They're digging what I'm doing. They're feeling what I'm doing. They need to move. They're dancers. They they have energy, like more energy than most people. They're way more physical than most people. So they, they need to move and they need to exercise that energy that they feel. And if they're on the ground doing a stretch and their hands are idle, they need to move. And if there's an inspiration to move, they're going to. And that that was an indication. Okay. Okay. That that uh, I think I'm onto something here because if I'm feeling, that's another thing. It's like get me to feel it first, and then try to like intensify that that energy of the room. Try to like I kind of I I can't even explain I can't explain to you without rambling what I'm essentially doing. And I think about it like like in a, in a if there's a movie or a show and there's music to support a visual of something. And, and the music is, again, it's setting a tone. And that tone could just be a flow of forward motion and energy and focus, you know, stimulating energy, something like that, right? Then, later on in the class, you know, then there's like, they're on, man, they are moving. I mean, you can get really winded just watching them. Incredible athleticism and flexibility. So then you might be doing like, like, uh, man just energy and you got to play loud you got to play soft you got to play very dynamically Um, by the way I, i gotta mention this too what 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 the fuck was i playing right and i still like it's it's awesome to even think of to zoom out for a second and think what the fuck was i playing and i'll tell you this i don't know i was making it up i was improvising i was using the the drums and the tones that I have in front of me, and just figuring out a way to make like truly make music, create little rhythmic patterns and melodies or whatever the fuck. And that in, in itself is probably the biggest that and, and creating an energy in the room and practicing creating that energy in a room. those two things, the imp- improvised like using the tools in front of me to make music and improvise that, uh, and it's got a by the way, I can't like just do. That was utter nonsense, what I just did there, because there was no consistency. I didn't present an idea. And like, this is an idea. Ready? If you're, excuse me, if you're in a coffee shop and you heard that over the speakers, is that um appropriate for the setting in my opinion yeah if that went on like that yeah but if it was just a bunch of nonsense and nothing consistent about it, it and that the idea changed every time the musician like every time every second i was just jumping to something new that's not that's not very entertaining to listen to essentially i'm it's like masturbation on the instrument like you're you're not and and it's because it's purely for your own pleasure i guess And you're not thinking about the listener. So that's another thing. Like, what's appropriate for the setting, right? What's my role here? So this was such a great, great gig, man, for this. So as time went on, I started to feel like I had, I guess, that improvised nature of, okay, these are the sounds. Once your mind kind of um, adapts to the sounds available to you then you start hearing ideas in your head that you can implement immediately. But the problem was I was hearing ideas that I didn't have enough hands for. (laughs) And uh, that's when I decided to uh, start using a bass drum with like a different tone, pitch. And then that freed me up. That freed up a hand actually because like I had this shaker here, right? That's an example of that. Uh, and I would do anything to like, again, just get a different texture, flavor, tone. So I also have a brush here. And with my left hand on the dumbek, I'm holding the brush. Like, it's almost like I'm traditional drum grip, but um, it's weird. I can't really explain it to you. Maybe I'll make a, a fucking video to put on Instagram demonstrating this shit, but here's what it sounds like by itself the with my hand, but here's the brush. Totally different texture. And I could still get both because here's my hand with the right hand, you know, right hand, here's the left hand. So if I just had those, this one drum, I could do a lot. You know, so, um, so there's that, all right. Uh, let me give an example of now with the bass drum you know here's what i got Those are my three pitches so i can go like uh See, I'm a little rusty at this, so, but as soon as I figured out, okay, what's a cool, like, I have, what would be, like, the, if this were, like, a chord progression, what would be the one chord? To me, it was that, right? Maybe it's it's that, actually. Either way, it, it works. So, it's, like. Somebody... many. So rusty, but you kind of get the, the gist of this, all right. So, because of all that working on that stuff, I mean, let me real fast just use the shaker too, just to show you. Uh, yeah, you no, I'll segue. Here's the segue I started using the bass drum, and then that freaked me to use the brush, so I would, you know. Play. allowed me to do was now kind of sparked uh, an idea of like okay well what if I did this fucking funkville now we're all back on the drum kit sort of so it's like the percussion version of the drum kit and then i started to go oh wow this is its own thing started working with like uh the singer-songwriters and performers that uh artists that i work with playing they really liked this and they wanted to keep this sound i've done recordings with this setup here it's very unique uh i could play maybe i'll loop it in here for a second uh but tamen Hade, you guys remember Taman. Uh, Yeah, one of his songs was based on, like, a beat that I did. You know, we were doing, like, a recording session. I just played, like... It might have been like this. Something like that. And then he made a song based off of it. He just captured, like, one measure, two measures of that. And he made a song out of it. So, it it is effective, this thing. This little setup here. Uh... I mean, I, I was, you know, starting to, like, fuck around cause a couple years ago. I started fucking around with, like, what would it sound like doing these electronic-inspired beats, like trap music, but with this setup? So, like. it you could do so much with this cool setup though um uh let's see yeah like maybe a little bit i tried like a little bit of drum and bass one time with this so like uh Now, there's so many cool little options here to uh to again to to um provide that whatever is expected uh for for drums on a song um yeah it became another voice came it became another form of expression of of that again providing that what's needed with for drums um just another voice another way to, to provide that um and I am very rusty actually on this set. I just haven't done one of those gigs in a long time, obviously with pandemic too I haven't needed there's there's been no option to do that uh and yeah, I think with even with like cat London yeah cat London Rich and Paul, we would go and do like little cafes and it would be small setups and small rooms so I wouldn't bring a drum kit. I'd bring this we wound up being super like super effective, so you know like. Some of the songs just sound like this. When you got the chorus... go so there's that and um yeah just so many so many options with that with this so anyway wanted to yeah just wanted to show you guys this super cool little setup here um yeah and i'll probably do some content to put up on instagram to display some of this stuff so all right well thank you for listening we're in 2021. We are we are just pushing through. Let's just keep pushing through. Stay strong. Stay safe. Thank you for listening, everybody. And badum biz to you.